Hello there, you're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We'll also be discussing the latest entry into the MCU and the finale to James Gunn's trilogy of a group of misfit galactic heroes known as the Guardians of the Galaxy. We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'll start off with some news. There's not too much out right now other than the new Black Mirror Season 6 trailer, an announcement that it's coming out in June with five new episodes. Did you watch the trailer, Ryan? I did not, but I know Aaron Paul's in it. I also did not watch the trailer, but I also (laughs) know that Aaron Paul's in it, which I think is great because he has a little cameo in like Season 3 or 4, I think. He does, yeah. In the uh, episode that USS Callister that uh, Jesse Plemons was in. Mm -hmm. It's a great episode. And you know what? It is a good episode, yeah. The Aaron Paul episode of Black Mirror, whichever one that is, I will be watching. So I will too. Do, I'll do anything uh, for Aaron Paul, except watch season three of Westworld. <laughs> that very true. Very true. I'm sorry, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, even he can't save that. Yeah. After that, we have Poor Things, the teaser trailer for that just released. You had this in your top ten most anticipated films of the year. I absolutely did. So did you get to take a look at that teaser trailer? I absolutely did not. <laughs> That's tragic. The thing is, though, it is very much a teaser trailer. It's only yeah. 30 seconds, so they know how to do it. So I saw that it had come out yesterday before I went in to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and forgot about it, like forgot about its entire existence until right now. I was literally, I was standing in line in the Regal waiting to buy my ticket, and I was just scrolling through my phone, and I watched the trailer like in silence. Like It was like playing the video of it, but I hadn't clicked on it to start making sound, so I was just watching like a bit of it. Mm-hmm. just like the visuals and it did look interesting like it looked very odd and cgi and willem dafoe looks really cool and emma stone looks like she's gonna have fun with it so i am still very much excited for it though not as much as i would say i was I'm a little bit less excited having seen the trailer but wow. maybe maybe if i actually play it and sit down and look closely at it and listen to whatever sound is happening maybe i'll be more excited a bit of me wants to just stay away from the trailers and wait until it comes out and just watch it I mean, that would work, too. I watched it. I do think it looks very visually intriguing. Looks weird and wacky. I didn't know anything about the story before. I mean, it looks like it's got some Mm Frankenstein-esque influences in there. So that'd be fascinating to see. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it looks like exactly what you'd want out of a Yorgos Lanthimos film. So I will be seeing that at some point. But yeah, I wasn't as highly anticipating it as you were. Sad to see that it's slightly gone down for you, but just a little bit. I think I'm sure I think I'm just I'm on such a hype train for so many other movies like Barbie and Oppenheimer. Like I just watched the new Oppenheimer trailer when I went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm more hyped for that and Barbie and Asteroid City and Killers of the Flower Moon just a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think just a little bit knocked down just by comparison, but still excited. But moving on, let's do our box office breakdown for May 5th to the 7th. Coming in first place, unsurprisingly, was Ryan, your pick for the box office draft Guardians of the Galaxy 3 with $118 million in the three-day weekend. Are you satisfied, Ryan? I am satisfied with that. All right. Again, we knew it would come in lower than 
Guardians 2, but it came in well above like the Ant-Man 3 and then some of the earlier projections were that it would maybe fall under 110 million, but it was able to get close to 120. So that's really solid. Uh, and it did seem like word of mouth was helping it out. Like it had good internal holds in the weekend. And then we'll talk about it in our predictions, but it seems like this one might break the trends lately of Marvel films having excruciating second weekend drops. So that'll bode well for me if this has really good legs. But of course, it has tough competition as the summer movie season is getting going. So mm -hmm. for now, though, I'm happy with how it started out. In second place, another film in my roster, Super Mario Brothers, that had 18 million in its fifth weekend, so still doing quite well for itself. The dreams of it hitting 600 million domestic and overtaking Incredibles it's pretty much dead, but worldwide, it's still heading towards beating the original Frozen. And we'll see how close it can get to Frozen 2, mm. maybe even passing that. But yeah, Incredibles that's made 600 million domestically. Incredibles 2. Yeah. Incredibles 2. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, after Super Mario Bros. was Evil Dead Rise with 5.8 million, that brings its domestic total to 50 million. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, with 3.2 million. Still Love disappointing. Yeah, a little bit. Love, I do still want to watch it, though. I will tell you. Like, if I get a chance to, if I'm not doing anything, maybe I will go see it in theaters because I hear it's good. I know. It's, yeah, really well received. But yeah. I don't know. I guess it just didn't have as big of a fan base as I initially thought. Oh, well. Love Again, 2.3 million. John Wick 4, also with 2.3 million, bringing its domestic total to 180 million. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, 1.4 million. Air, 1.3 million, bringing its domestic total to 50 million, which is really good for that film. Yeah, I agree. That's more than I thought it was going to make. Mm -hmm. The Covenant, 1.2 million. And Sisu, running out the top 10 with 1.1 million. Rest in peace, Sisu. Hey, it's okay. Did you ever end up seeing that yet? Or no? no, I did not. <laughs> Tragic. I, I, I keep forgetting it's a thing until we do our box office breakdowns. <laughs> Where to blame. Tragic. Exactly. All right, now for the box office predictions for this weekend, 12th to the 14th, which is also Mother's Day weekend. So the new film coming out, Book Club, the next chapter is going to be going for that audience. But undoubtedly, number one for the weekend will be Guardians in its second outing. So what do you think it'll get? I'm going to say, I'm going to give it a solid 55. I'm going to say 55 mil. I think that is a great estimate. Yeah, I'll say somewhere in that 55 to 60 mil range. Because, um, yeah, again, it's looking like it's going to have decent holds. It's got solid word of mouth. So hopefully it not having as huge of an opening as things like Multiverse of Madness or Wakanda Forever or Thor, Love and Thunder. It'll balance out by having a much better hold the second weekend. But we will see. Uh, and then it's new Challenger Book Club next chapter. I'm thinking around $8 million for that. Again, I think the Mother's Day boost will definitely help it out. I don't think it'll be able to crack double digits though i would so agree what do you think i'd agree i think yeah. you're about right i don't see it doing that well in fact i think you might be a little high there i might go with five maybe six dang it's possible it is very possible so we will we'll see how that shakes out but now let's get into our main discussion talking about guardians of the galaxy volume three but before we dive into talking about this film you do gotta note this is the finale of the trilogy of the guardians films so it started way back in 2014, a group of characters that no one in the mainstream knew, and then it was a big hit, making over like 770 million 
then they quickly became fan favorites. So now here we are, nine years later. And this is the final time that we will see this team of Guardians together. Are you a big Guardians fan? Were you anticipating you this? You know I'm a big Guardians <laughs> fan. You know that. I mean, my God. Guardians of the Galaxy is still my favorite MCU movie, and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is not far behind. I absolutely love what James Gunn did with those first two movies. I think that they are incredible. I think they're fun. I think the way that they develop is amazing. I think the way that the, the characters interact is amazing. Their dynamics together is amazing. Just through and through, two solid hits, solid films. Funny, uh, sad, tear-jerking, like incredible emotional stories. Those are like, like just so the hype, the hype for Volume 3 was really big. I like the holiday special. That was fun. It's Kevin Bacon. They steal Kevin Bacon. It's kind of funny. It has its moments. So the hype train was definitely there for, for Volume 3. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. I still think Guardians is one of the best. I mean, it's certainly in the Mount Rushmore for MCU films to this day. I liked Volume 2 a little less, but I still think, again, it's one of the better ones that MCU has put out. I never ended up watching a holiday special. Really? I was going to, yeah, what I was going to do in preparation for this episode was rewatch all the Guardians films and then the holiday special and then watch the new one. But... I had to move up when I saw Guardians 3, so I only was able to see the first Guardians again before that. Rip. And then so since then, I was like, all right, well, it's weird. What's the point now? So I have not rewatched Volume 2 or the Holiday Special and prep for this. When was the last time you've checked out the first two Guardian films? Guardians 1, probably not for like four or five years. Like, it's been a long time since I watched Guardians 1. Guardians 2, I probably saw like maybe two years ago. Yeah, interesting. Gotcha. It's been a fat minute for sure. Yeah. So on rewatch, Guardians 1 still holds up really well. It's Absolutely. so well done. It's so fun, as you mentioned. Like it is able to strike that balance really well. And I remember thinking way back then, like in 2014, being like, it's crazy how this big like action sci-fi blockbuster is some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen in a theater. Mm -hmm. And to this yeah. day, it's still true. Like it is more effective with its humor than most comedies that I've seen. And that's kind of yeah. wild. So I remember at the time it came out in like August or it came out like July or August in like the middle of the summer. I remember wanting to be Star Lord for Halloween that year because I was oh. fourteen, and but it had come out so close to Halloween that they hadn't had any made, like made any costumes yet. Mm -hmm. So I just couldn't be Star Lord. Dang, yeah, tragic. Make up for it this year for the Halloween party. Just go with Star Lord. Maybe I mean the whole movie he doesn't put on his like his helmet, his mask thing. For this movie, yeah. Yeah, which is disappointing. It is, because it looks so good. I yeah, remember it's I, a cool, like, seeing it. It's a cool, cool mask. Like, yep. And in this that one, is. he's just Chris Pratt. <laughs> Very true. But, all right, now let's get into the discussion of this film, Volume 3. We were both excited for it. Again, it's no secret lately, Marvel has not been on a high streak of producing good films, so... This was like make or break for you, I think. You were like, if you hated Guardians, you're never seeing another Marvel film again mm -hmm. or superhero film again. And then, yeah, for me, I was definitely hoping that this would break the streak and offer something of high quality. So we'll talk about whether or not Guardians 3 and James Gunn were able to do it. Mm -hmm. So our initial impressions, and then we'll get into spoiler talk. So Dylan, we're going to have the big drum roll for you. 
did this film live up to the hype that you had for it? I was a little disappointed. No, oh, that's so sad. I did really like it, and I did really enjoy it. And the experience as a whole was good, but there were definitely times where I felt fatigued while I was watching it. Mm. It was not nearly as funny as it could have been. It was definitely way too dark at certain points. I think it just, I think he just leaned really hard into it to get an effect and it worked and it was disturbing, but I think he just went too far. Like I was, I was like in so much pain in that theater watching some of these scenes. We'll get into it, but like, oh my God, a little too far. He definitely makes up for it by the end. And so I I was saying as a whole, it does work, which I'm Mm. glad if he had leaned, if he had done what I thought he was going to do. It would have been too much, and I would not have liked it. But he definitely, he was able to pull back and save it. Thank God. But, I mean, yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. It wasn't the Guardians like I have used to seeing them. It wasn't, like, like, it's not his fault. It's how, like, the MCU just played out with the Infinity War saga. Right. So he was already coming in with, like, a tattered team. But, like, it felt like everybody was kind of trying to have their own arc like that. Like he's done in the past two movies, he's given each character their own arc, which has been fantastic. But in this one, it didn't feel like each one was executed perfectly, but still better than most MCU movies. So like, I would say that I'm disappointed, but still a higher quality than what we've seen in the past several years for sure. So, you know, I'd, I'd say, I think it still breaks it for me. I think I think if like in the past three years this is the best they can do, I'm not gonna stick around. I think I'm done. Wow. I think that might be it. That's it for you and Marvel. There is there is no other. The... Think about it. There's, what other Marvel movies coming out that I could be excited for? Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. Adam Driver's in the lead. I mean, come on. Hey, you hey. have to be into that. Yeah. No, my, Mila Kunis as the thing. <laughs> what? Have you heard those rumors? No, that would be fantastic, though. What the heck? Rumor casting is Mila Kunis <laughs> is the thing. That's hilarious. Yeah. I hope they do that. I mean, that would immediately get me back in theaters for it. <laughs> I would That's have so to see funny. it at that point, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. what are you, your initial impressions? So I pretty much agree with most of what you said. I mean, yeah, my hype train wasn't as high as yours, I'm sure, because yeah, you definitely love The Guardians. Yeah, Again, sure. I really like them too. But I mean, I didn't even see the holiday special when it came yeah. out. Wasn't able to catch it before this. Um, and so, yeah, going in, I still did feel somewhat let down because it wasn't as, it, I don't think it's as good as volume two, but certainly not volume one. I still think that was like yeah, yeah. kind of untouchable and far out of reach for I this agree. one. But it was still very enjoyable. Like all the hallmarks of like a James Gunn superhero film and especially with the Guardians of their team dynamic. The banter, it has a lot of heart, a lot of humor that they throw in there, although I definitely think it does not work nearly as well as it used to in the past. We'll talk more about that at some point. But I think it still has all those elements, and so it's an enjoyable theatrical experience when you're in there. You're like having fun in the parts where you're supposed to have fun. You're feeling your heart breaking into in the moments where he wants you to feel absolutely shredded with all the dark, sad stuff that's going on in there. So... On the whole, I think it is effective. It just it wasn't hitting the highest marks that it could, which we've seen Guardians hit previously within this very trilogy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, ultimately, I mean, yeah, definitely head and shoulders above the other stuff that's coming out for Marvel lately. But 
you do feel the sense that it's like, okay, but this still isn't hitting the same level that the previous mm-hmm. Guardians films were on, especially number one, volume one. So I agree. Yeah. All right, let's start getting into the nitty gritty, the spoilers. So let's just dive into the main man of this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it was definitely about Rocket and his whole backstory and origin. Mm-hmm. This is definitely where all of that uh, difficult viewing came from, I'm sure, from the animal cruelty and oh, yeah. the body horror type stuff that we were seeing. Yeah. So, yeah, on the whole, I think, like, yes, it is definitely dark, especially for, like, I can imagine being kids being brought into the theater and, like, mm-hmm. watching stuff like this. That would be intense. Yeah. Um, but it is effective. Like, it's one of those things where it's I can see where some people yeah. draw the line where they're like, it's just not enjoyable for me to see this stuff. So I don't want to like be part of it. It doesn't work yeah. for me because I'm seeing that I'm not someone that like draws that line. Obviously it's like disturbing and unpleasant, but I can see it's like, okay, like this is meant to be uncomfortable and they're yeah. drawing it out in that way because they want you to feel that. And it is effective. I mean, I don't know how you could watch this stuff and not get affected by it. So dude, I don't know what it was, but like I watched this movie last night. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was already like in a weird mood. Cause I don't know, you know, you know, just going through stuff and like right. feeling a little odd and then going in and seeing this movie with how intense it, like it, it starts off with, with the, the, the this, tone is set early with a yes. cover of creep from radio. Yeah, first so. like the, the eerie hand reaching out and grabbing the baby rocket and then the creep overplaying with like just the most depressed looking raccoon you are like him walking <laughs> yeah. through there is so sad. Right. Uh, everybody seems upset. Everybody seems like they're just not happy with where they are. Star Lord is just fucking wasted Drinking himself to death. Yeah, yeah, and they have to carry him out. Everybody just seems so upset, and like it is not like a happy time for the Guardians. Like they're all just displeased with their life, which is kind of sad. Following the uh, one second, following the the fucking holiday special, it was like the holiday special also kind of has that tone of like everybody's a little bit upset, but then by the end of it. The whole point of it is like they they try to put on Christmas to make Star Lord happy, and then they kidnap Kevin Bacon to surprise him with Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. And so like it has like a happy ending. There's a bunch of Christmas lights everywhere. They're singing Christmas songs. They're all happy. And I was like, okay, they they found a way to like make it back. And then this movie starts, and everybody's just depressed. <laughs> like everybody's so upset with their life. Like it, it it feels like things have just gotten so awful. I think my biggest flaw with this movie is it didn't feel like this is the story they should have ended on. Like, it doesn't feel like this should be like the last Guardians movie. I 100% agree with that. Part of, like one of the main issues I had towards the end, part of it that made me feel like it doesn't work overall is none of them seem like they need to be apart for the rest of their life. But we know from like contract stuff and real life stuff, like, oh, Batista doesn't want to turn. So Saldana doesn't want to turn. So it's like, okay, yeah. so this is the last time we're seeing these characters, but it's like, it doesn't need to be in the story world. Like, these people could just come back together. Like, they could all take their vacation and do their own thing for a little bit, but then it's like, why wouldn't they come back together and be the Guardians team? It didn't feel like the last hurrah. It, exactly. You know? The conversation at the end also felt so, like, I don't know, tacked on last second because they're like, okay, yeah. now we need to split all these people up for good. But it's like, I feel like James Gunn oh. wrote a really good Guardian script. And it feel like he didn't have the intention of it being the last movie. And then they were like, yeah, these people aren't coming back for another one. So he had to like tie the bow and just like end it. Yeah. Which is sad because 
this would have been a really good Guardians three had they had they done a Guardians four, mm-hmm. and had made Guardians four like the big end all of the series. You can bring Gamora back into the folds and have her like you could write in a way for her to recover memories, or it doesn't even matter. Maybe she just builds new memories with the team. But like, hey, that was depressing. Like seeing Star Lord deal with that, and then seeing Gamora just not be Gamora was very sad. Yeah, that was another. Big and no, no really resolution to that either. She just goes back with the Ravagers and I'm like, well, exactly. she's still just not Gamora. Yeah, that was the big issue I had because I hate like amnesia plot lines anyway or things where it's like it's a different version of the character, but they're still thrown in here. I agree. So already it was at like a deficit for me. I don't like seeing that. I but think she like the amnesia storyline story in Spider-Man 3? Huh? The Amnesia storyline in Spider-Man 3 with James Franco? Not really. I thought it was okay, <laughs> but it was still annoying to have that thing. But what was worth it was the them making omelets and doing the dance. So you got to do something like that. Just make it so ridiculous and absurd. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, just in general, I'm like, why are we doing these plot lines? It's always so contrived. And I just hate when people are like just aren't, able to have that history with the characters that they grew to know and love and then we're seeing that too and it's like well their dynamic is different so if you're gonna do that if you're gonna like build the whole thing around star lord is sad because he's not able to have the same gamora and then this gamora is like entirely resistant to the idea of being the gamora that they knew that's a good setup for over the course of film you throw them in positions together where they're butting heads and all this this and that but then by the end of it they begin to realize okay this is why we fell in love in the first place and then they're like at that starting point again of like a new budding relationship but they don't do that they just have them both like part waves part ways despite the fact that they did do all those other steps that you would have if you were trying to reach the conclusion of mm-hmm. oh they can find each other again and even though gamora's memories are wiped and this isn't the same version there was something special about like her and star lord together and so they are able to rekindle that they had them together they like split them off from the rest of the team multiple times they had that one moment where they like crash land on the thing after destroying a ship yeah or he like destroys his own ship and then it's a thing of their like he's laying on top of her or something and they look in each other's eyes for a beat which mirrors like something that happened in guardians one mm-hmm. after he saved her the first time so it's like they had all that stuff there but then at the end she just doesn't participate in the group hug when star lord gets saved she leaves and goes off with the Ravagers, which I guess, sure, maybe she built a connection with them, but we haven't seen that connection with them at all. So we can't even gauge whether or not like, oh, she stood her ground and tried to protect Rocket. And she clearly was seeing some of what the original Gamora saw in Star-Lord when they were off together doing their own thing. But I guess she just didn't really care about that stuff too much mm-hmm. since she was able to leave so easily and not really like yeah. have any concerns about it or regrets about it. So. I don't know, that part rubbed me the wrong way. And then, as you pointed out, like, okay, so maybe they do part ways for this film. That works if we have a fourth where they do continue that storyline further and then they finally rekindle it. But we know for the, it's either very likely that that's not going to happen if Zoe Saldana doesn't return and then we're just like left unresolved for the rest of time. Or, which I also really hate, it doesn't get resolved in a Guardians film. They do it for Avengers Secret Wars or something like that. And I'm like, I don't want to see the Guardians come back together or have their plot lines resolved in an Avengers film. I wanted to see that in the final hurrah, the last Guardians film. Yeah, I wanted more resolution. 
Yeah, me too. And I didn't get it. I think the Rocket story, like his storyline, which is the main storyline, is very well done. I think it's well written. I think it's heartbreaking. I think, uh, what's his name who plays the High Evolutionary? I don't know. I don't know. But I really like him. Fantastic. Yeah, he was amazing in the role. So like, there were a lot of pluses about like that stuff. But then I felt like they would cut away to the other plot lines that the Guardians, the, the other Guardians characters are having, so that they could tie up their roles and be able to like hang up the 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 curtain and and call it a night. Like they were cutting away to that stuff, and it just felt like it was detracting away from the story. And then on top of that. You're doing all this stuff. It takes so much story time that you don't have enough time to do like little character moments or like little joke moments that the first two movies have that I really appreciate. So it ends up not being as funny a movie. It ends up not being as character developing a movie. It just feels like a lot being packed into one movie, kind of like Spider-Man 3. <laughs> and, you know, maybe there's something to that. Amnesia plot lines, they always make things go awry. They derail it. Yeah, yeah you have to write around so much. Yeah. I would say I don't think it's for lack of trying. I think there were a lot of attempted comedic beats. I just don't think they landed as well as like what happened in volume one. Like there were only a few times that I chuckled, but even like the theater I was in, which was pretty packed because I saw it opening weekend on like that Sunday and it was full pretty much. And there were not many laughs from my viewing. There were not many, not nearly many, but I did get a few like good laughs that were like harder than some chuckles. I think the carrot guy was really funny. The carrot, that was pretty good. When um, they leave the carrot guy goes, <sighs> he just like, <laughs> I thought that was very funny. I there, was there, are some, there are some good moments. I thought the Nathan thought Fillion Nathan, stuff was Nathan good. Nathan Fillion was yeah. good. And I got one of those. Yeah, that one was a good recurring joke. The one that I thought was really not good at all and not doing any favors was the bad dog joke. Yeah. It that one just was long. not working at all. It was good. It was good setup and follow through at the end, but it happened too many times. It did. And I kept cutting away to it, and I was like, you're not doing anything for me here. Yeah. I also just didn't care that much. Like, he was from volume two, right? The guy yeah. that now has the, like, arrow thing. That He's Yonky in volume had. one as well. Is he? Well, he was yeah. in a fairly minor part thing, because I don't remember that too much. Yeah. It's um, Sean Gunn. Yeah, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I... I don't know. I also thought like he was almost entirely unnecessary. Like the part with the nowhere stuff and him coming in. Okay, sure. But like giving him his own moments of doing the arrow stuff and like, oh, he's finally able to conquer it and do like the whistling. I'm like, I don't care. I I wish he had had a change in his life to where he could actually do it. It was just like, he can't do it and then he can do it. Very true. So yeah, that part didn't work for me. Um, And then... That other moment of like the character development stuff, they do try to have that stuff in there. Like I saw with Nebula and Mantis and Drax, like they were trying to do something there of, ne- of Nebula always being so hard on them and like not being patient up with them. And then Mantis is trying to like defend Drax. And they have that whole thing where she makes him feel better after he gets called stupid. Um, mm-hmm. But I just don't think it entirely congealed and actually amounted to something greater. Like there were. The building blocks, there was an attempt there. I just don't think, for me, it was really landing, which is kind of reminiscent of, from James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Like, there were elements of that, too, where like, yeah. they were making the attempts there. It just sort of fell flat compared to, especially, like, compared with the heaviness that's going on in Rocket's origin stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, one is clearly operating at a much higher emotional register than, like, the Drax and Mantis and Nebula stuff. 
So yeah, I think that's why it felt as it didn't feel as like powerful or well developed because it's just like in comparison to the other stuff in the own movie, it's like, yeah, you can't reach that level. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Did you cry at all? So this was going to be a question I was going to ask you. Um, I did not. Although the people I was with, I was with somebody's watching it. They said that they teared up quite a few times, like at least three. Mm-hmm. So, and then I was asking them, I was like, okay, so what specific moments? And the one that I can definitely understand, because it was the one that hit me the hardest, although the, you know, waterworks didn't fully get going, was when Rocket was about to head into the light and you saw like Lila, the little otter coming towards him and he was trying to go there. And then you see who was, it was uh, Star-Lord and who else was with him at that moment? Uh, it was Star-Lord, Groot, and Gamora. Gamora, okay, yeah, yeah. So they were like watching over Rocket's body and then Chris Pratt was like screaming and then all that stuff. I was like, that, that got me. That was good. Yeah. Did you cry? And did you cry at that moment? It was only once and it was a specific part of that moment. So mm-hmm. the whole movie, I was like, it feels like Rocket's going to die. Like it, it feels like that's where they're going. And right. I was able to kind of come to terms with it. As the story goes on, it gets sadder and sadder and I get angrier and angrier. <laughs> Like first, first having like just such dark imagery with Rocket's like background and like the the friends he makes, and like the 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 way James Gunn's writes his friends and then like the the the, the little fun that they have just playing tag in their cage, like it's things like that that I'm like, it's really good writing. It's really it well done. Well, it works on it two hurts. levels. It hurts. It hurts, but because it yeah, it's so like hard they're very innocent because they're just like these little animals so you love them mm-hmm. already but then it's also like they're child animals like they make uh bradley cooper's voice like really high-pitched and whatnot because he's just a young raccoon and mm-hmm. same with like all those other ones so it's like they're kids and they're animals and they're just getting experimented on and they i mean like the number it's one shout out to the walrus like horrifying Shout out to the walrus being in there we love walrus representation yeah, absolutely but he's like wheelchair bound the freaking bunny that was crazy terrifying to look the at the mouth thing like that's yeah so like terrible. a horrifying to look at like horrifying imagery mm-hmm. b then taking that very horrifying imagery and making us like fall in love with those characters because they are just so cute and helpless and they just want simple pleasures out of life because they have been tortured and experimented on so horribly mm-hmm. and then to, to take that and then to just kill them I mean, you knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. It was kind of hardcore. How I mean, I saw the Lila thing, was happen, a, but I was like back to back. Like, dude, it was the a, rest of them just it was a like heavy that. scene. It was a heavy scene because after Lila gets shot, you have Rocket who just stands there and just wails. And as he's wailing, Teeth is crying, and then Floor is going crazy. Floor is like, what is Floor saying? She's saying, uh, "Rocket Floor Teeth go now. Rocket Floor Teeth go now. Rocket Floor Teeth go now." Like she's just having a full blown panic attack. Mm-hmm. Then Rocket attacks the high evolutionary, and then he and then he does the shots, and bro, when it cuts back, and then they they both got shot and they're dead. Oh my god! It was I remember sitting in the theater like this is too much. Like he went, it's too far, it's too dark. And then uh, the thing that saved it is the thing that made me cry. Is I was like at that point I was like, Rocket's gonna die, and I accept it. And then he gets to like be with his friends again. And they do the scene where he's like in the white light and he sees his friends mm-hmm. and he's going up and they, they're like, we're going to be in the sky together. And I was like, this is, this is it. 
this is okay. I can accept it. He's going to get to have that peace with his friends, bro. And then Lila stops him and she's like, but not yet. That's what made me cry. The, the yeah. stopping him and like the, the emotional torture I've been put through just to bring him back at that last second. Oh my God. It's so much. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Absolutely. It was a lot to go through alone sitting in a theater. <laughs> Cause I went alone. Oh my God, dude. It was a roller coaster. I'm sure. Yeah, very heavy stuff there. I mean, yeah, some of the darkest we've ever gotten in like comic book movies. So I think this is the darkest thing that's ever. This is the darker storyline in any MCU movie, for sure. I think so. Darker than anything. I mean, it is just so dark. I still maintain that I think it it goes a little too far. I think it is a little too dark. It is effective and it works, and it pushes my emotions to the like the boundaries. But I think it's just a little too much. I think. I think the fact that there is so such little comedy, like the whole film as a whole has a very drab feeling to it and very dark feeling to it. I feel like that doesn't do it any favors. I feel like if you had had the rocket storyline, but then outside of that, they maintained more of a, a comedic presence like the guardians usually do to like pick up the pace a little bit and pick up the, the heart. It would have been a more bearable experience, but at a certain point I'm just fatigued from the emotional roller coaster I'm on. Mm hmm. Effective, very, very effective. Yes. It works. It works very well. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot, but I don't think it was too much. At least for me personally, I was like, I, it's not going too far. But certainly, if I was in, yeah, because I mean, I was there with like friends. I was a good time that night, so I was in like an okay headspace to go into that. But I can imagine, yeah, going I was not in, doing like, well night alone, dealing with a whole bunch of other stuff. That yeah. It's not just, very, yeah, in a very good mood already. And then seeing like my my childhood like heroes. <laughs> yeah. That's rough. That's so rough. Emotionally depressed and like struggle like they are struggling hard to just maintain this this sense of being a family because they were a family for so long and now it's just falling apart. And then at the very end they just give in and separate. Like it was a lot. Yeah. And again, that part too of like like they don't need to like they can go off for a little bit and separate but then it's like there's no reason why they shouldn't all come back together because they all survive let's talk about that moment too of like the last minute death fake out they try and do with star that's not just it dude they they do that so many times throughout the movie because like we all know it's the last outing of the guardians they do so many death fake outs bro like with drax they when did, they're yeah, breaking out of the orgo corp and i really thought i was like is drax just gonna die here because he's like in bad pain and like he's not gonna make it and then they just do like a little fake out, like, ah, I just need to control the suits. And he makes them all float around and then they leave and it's fine. I know. And then the rest of like, them, the like, fuck? Drax completely fine. And I was like, yeah. okay, what the heck? And I was like, what the fuck? And then they do this Star Lord fake out where he's in space. And I'm like, why are they doing this again? They did this in the second movie. Yeah. And what and was the, the point movie. of faking out his death? Like, it's, I guess it gives a conclusion to Adam Warlock's storyline, but that was the other he didn't thing. really have much of a storyline to begin with. Yeah. That was definitely a character that. Like we did not need it was just in there because they set him up at the end yeah. of two and so like, we need dummy. to have him in there. But he was yeah, funny he was... though. Mm. I liked okay. <laughs> I liked him. I liked the actor. What's his I like name? Will Poulter. Will Poulter, and thank I, you. I think the character I like cool, Will but... Poulter and I think he did a good job, but I wish the character had more of a purpose and presence. Yeah, because it was like literally just flying around and beating people up. Because the only thing he did was like shoot Rocket in the beginning. That could have been anything else. And then yeah, he just comes by at the end and it's like, oh, we give people second chances. But it's like they weren't even really fighting with Adam Warlock that much throughout the whole film. Like they didn't really, no one was like going after him. They weren't trying to get revenge or anything. So the whole thing of like, oh, 
we all deserve second choices or second chances. And I saved Star Lord, so now I'm on the right path again. It's like okay, but we weren't just really that about concerned about you. Bring him back later in the MCU, and that's yeah, just kind of annoying. For sure. To see. Yeah, I've always um, hated seeing like just stuff being in these movies just purely for setup. Exactly. But the thing about that moment that was so crazy to me is so you have Star Lord go back for his like music player, which is like okay. I mean, sure. So we're gonna have that like potentially be what kills them. Then he jumps out into space, mm-hmm. and then instead of them having Gamora go out and try and save him, and it could be reminiscent of exactly what happened in the first film. When, again, he did the same thing to her when she ended up in space, and it would be a nice little way to close out their dynamic. We have him just out there for like a whole minute and then his face is like getting bloated and whatnot and he's completely frozen at that point and then that's when warlock shows up but through that whole time we don't even see gamora's reaction yeah we don't see her looking at this at all like she doesn't give a fuck it was such a missed opportunity and yeah yeah it's like so sad that like what if that was star lord's death and then this version of gamora just doesn't care at all and it's like that's not I to, like the whole time I was trying to figure out what is the lesson that we're trying to learn from the Star Lord and Gamora stuff. Is it that we're supposed to move on? Is it that like sometimes if things don't work out, we just change? Like we we forget about it. I don't Maybe, know. It just didn't. It didn't but, seem like they were sticking the landing on that though. I don't think so either. But then also his like conclusion is to go back home and look, see his grandfather again, mm-hmm. which can be a nice thing of like, oh yeah, going back and. Like seeing that one person that you cared about that never got to know what happened to you. Like that's cool. But like why was that his conclusion for this film? How does that tie into his arc of letting go of Gamora? Like is that supposed to be the arc? Is that what we're meant to be taking away? But then he goes back to his roots and leaves behind the team and says, I'm not going to be a leader anymore. Raka, you'll be better than I ever was. So now he's just never going to be a guardian again. And he's going back home. For what though? Like how's that him moving on or letting go? I wouldn't mind the ending of this movie if they did a Guardians 4 where, like, they all had to come back together one last time. And then they could give a resolution. Like, if they ended Guardians 3 with them splitting up, but then brought them back together one last time, it would work as a whole in, like, a four-series thing. But they're not going to do it. This is just the end. And it's just kind of disappointing. James Gunn has come back, and then, of course, all those actors. So we're definitely never getting a volume four. Certainly not from James Gunn, at least. And then if you're not getting that, then, like, why do it? So it is like there's definitely a disappointment there because we didn't feel like we got enough of a satisfying resolution to these characters and mm-hmm. them as a team. And then we know that we're not going to be able to get that in the future. So now it's like, yeah. this is what we're left with. So exactly. it's like, cool. They have the nice like dance party at the end, but all these characters are separated and they're never going to come back together ever. That's just sad. It's sad. A, a sad way to leave off on this team. Yeah. That was supposed to be a family. Like that was also the whole lesson of the first film. And like with this whole thing of like this band of misfit that they had a found family in each other. But now they're all like leaving and Gamora back in the 2014 version, who also doesn't really act like the 2014 version we initially met. But anyway, so she finds this other found family, right, with the Ravagers. But so we're just supposed to think that the Guardians, there was nothing special about that dynamic and her connections and friendships with the team but it's just any group of people that she ends up with that'll just become her found family like that's the takeaway same thing with like um star lord 
So he leaves behind this found family that he was out there with in space to back to his roots and his original family, like his grandfather, which again is nice. Like that's definitely a thing that you should do, just go back and like see what's happening there. But now is he going to stay at home on Earth forever and not like reconnect with his found family that he had out there? Like, was that not also a meaningful thing? The whole thing with Yondu too and the second yeah. film of like his real father ego versus is what was the exact line from Yandu? Like, he may be your father, but I'm your daddy. Like, that sort of thing. Of, oh, I love that line. It is. It's great. And again, it's that idea of, like, you don't have to be said, blood I, I, to have He family. might be your father, but he sure wasn't your daddy. Oh. Exactly. There you go. So, so good. What are we left with now when the team is broken apart and they're no longer that unit and no longer that family together? And they're all just off on their own? It's like, what, what are we supposed to take away from that? Yeah, nothing, I guess. <laughs> apparently but we do know in the post credit scene they say which is also very uh telling they don't say the guardians will return they say star lord will return yeah so that's another nail in the coffin of like seeing all these characters back together but certainly i guess they don't want to lose chris pratt since all their other main original heroes are gone so they want to keep him around he'll probably be a big part of the next avengers but yeah that's Sad it. to see that the whole team won't be able yeah. to get back together. Yeah. Any other last minute thoughts about the movies? I thought it looked really good. I thought there were a lot of good shots in there. There were some really great shots. The one where the high evolutionary like exploded the bridge on a ship mm-hmm. and then just left in the rubble afterwards. That was pretty great. There was yeah. one moment that was like straight out of freaking alien where I forget even what it was, but they like started unleashing some of those hybrid things. You see like the capsule. Oh, open, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one creature like roaring and whatnot that was pretty good um i think that one hallway fight scene i mean we got to mention that right it's pretty good yeah that one that was good yeah that it kept fun. going and i was like the longer it goes the better it gets for yeah. sure it was great yeah because they went through i mean every single person in that hallway got taken down like we saw it from start to finish one side of the hallway to the other so that was super cool yeah but yeah other than that i think that's about it there was just some other like concerns as well of one thing in particular was that moment of Drax and Mantis when he's leaving the ship that rockets in to go and get to the other ship where the high evolutionary is at. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's no reason for that. And they yeah. just, they explain it away by having, Oh, Drax is dumb. haha. But it's like, come on. Like it's just a contrivance to get them over there and leave rocket open. Mm-hmm. So that Gamora has to protect. So moments like that, I could, it was, I was not, impressed you a better clearly reason. you could see yeah like the we need to get this character from a to b so let's just throw something in there and do a joke to do it i'm like james gunn is much more clever than that there could have been other ways that he could yeah. have moved the pawns on the board but i agree oh well so yeah any other last minute thoughts for you um no i mean that's about it. I think I, I think we covered everything. I think we hit all the high points. How many genetically modified raccoons out of five would you rate this movie, Ryan? I'm going to give it a 3.5. How many? I am also going to give it a 3.5. Now, to your best Fair recollection, school. how would you rate the first two Guardians? So the first one, or yeah, well, so the most recent one, the second one, I think my original score was a 3.5, but I never rewatched it. The I remember distinctly... The very first one, I gave a five stars. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, walking out of there at, what, 
13, 14, however old we were. Hell yeah. I mean, how are you Flying not going to give that five stars? I mean, that's just yeah. awesome. So I amazing. will remain with that score for that first film. Yeah, I'm going to give the first one a five, and then I'm going to give the second one a four. I like the, yeah. first, the second one. I think it's very well done. I think so. I, again, I, I need to rewatch it. It's funny. It's very funny. I think that was part of the issue, though. I was like, this is just like full on the comedy now, and it's like not enough of like the other stuff. Like it was just too jokey. The comedy every so character, good, every line was just like, we're going to do a joke. So everything became like a, a sitcom setup instead of like going towards the actual story. But, but dude, yeah, I Ego, need to rewatch it. But it was solid. When Ego says that Rocket Raccoon has a square face and then he just like gently puts his hands <laughs> to his face, it's so funny. And it was good. Yeah, it was a funny movie. That's all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show, you can email us at theboxofficeshowpod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. If you like the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day.